You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, the local, the state, the national, man, we cover down on all the issues and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, welcome to Wednesday at 2.06 p.m., and Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, doing good. Wearing short <laughs> sleeve today. I know, and here I am wearing long <laughs> sleeves and a vest. I don't know what to do. Yesterday, I'm the one that had the short sleeves on. Yeah. Wait, what month is this? <laughs> I, I can't keep up. And by the way, can we just have our daylight back, please? Oh, I, yes. I mean, when can we go ahead and spring forward on the clocks and get all our daylight back? I, uh, just, I would love that. Like, maybe permanently, like never, ever again. <laughs> Daylight savings time is ridiculous. All right, hey, listen, we got a great show for you, but before we do anything else, I got to say it's the middle of the week. It is Wednesday. That means it's time for the camel. Hit it. Uh oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. All right. Yes. Outstanding. Gotta love it. Wednesday. Congratulations. You have made it halfway through the week. You are halfway to Friday. So, um, all right. We're going to have a great show for you. I got, I got some stuff laid on for you at three o'clock today. Stephanie Smith, our friend who is often on the show, is now the new president of the Alabama Policy Institute. Stephanie's going to be on with us talking about the, uh, the, the, the last night's State of the Union address. And uh, so, yeah, you want to stay tuned for that. She always has great commentary. 3 p.m. Stephanie Smith from the Alabama Policy Institute. And at 4 o'clock, our weekly sojourn into madness and questioning, the Grand Council with my brethren Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. We do this every Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Last week we had to shift the day, but that was a one-off. So anyway, the Grand Council convenes today at 4 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. And then I got a triple-dipper bar none. Hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, the state of disunion. That's it, the state of disunion. I mean, I, I, I look at it and think, okay, the state of the union address, yes, I watched it. I did. I even took notes. Yes. But the state of disunion is what I'm seeing. So we'll talk about that. Number one, we'll break it all down, give you all the things. And if you, those of you who didn't watch it last night, you're probably better off than I was. Um, we'll tell you all the things that happened. Number two, I, just listen, that whole balloon thing, I'm not going to recount where it went and all this kind of stuff, but here's the deal. We are going to talk about why it matters. I got to thinking, you know, it's important that we look at this from all angles, militarily, uh, intelligence, uh, diplomatic. Yeah. So why, why does, and so I just called number two, why that darn balloon matters. That's why I'm calling it number two on the triple dipper, why that darn balloon matters. And then number three, reverse racism. I saw an article this morning early on, like early, early when I was working on the show, and it, and it basically said that they're looking for a new judge to be appointed to the bench in Montgomery, excuse me, in Mobile, and there are calls for it to be a, a, a black uh, judge. Like, that's supposed to make it the best judge. And, and, I, and, I, and I look at this and go, okay, there are wonderful black men and women who practice law that can earn the right to go to the bench. They should not be picked because of their color because allegedly— the law is blind. 
So if the law is already picking people based on their color, then how blind can it be when it comes time to adjudicate? We'll talk about that. Number three on the Triple Dipper, reverse racism. That's what we'll cover down on. All right, so let me, let me jump over to my comments. So let me I ask you this question first of all, too. Is it just me, or did everybody grow up sitting at the kids' table during Thanksgiving? I mean, I don't even know for sure if that's just a Southern thing or not, but somehow I doubt it. For me, it was always when we got together on my dad's side of the family because that's where all the cousins were. We'd head over to my aunt and uncle's house down in Pleasant Grove. My brother and I, our cousins, and the occasional stray friend or a second cousin's kids that came over for the meal. And we always sat at what we called the kids' table, the one in the kitchen, while all the grown-ups sat at the dining room table together. I mean, there was some good cutting up. There was some occasional food that you stole off your little cousin's plate or the hollering that commenced when someone got kicked under the table. But for the most part, it was laughter and homemade everything. But then you always had to make the occasional foray into the dining room to ask if you could have seconds or to tell on your brother or to ask if we could go outside and play now, but not until you've eaten your green beans, young man. And how many times does someone or all of us at the kids' table get out of hand and at least one of the adults turn from the grown-up conversation to shout, y'all keep it down in there. Stop poking your sister. Eat your vegetables. Let us enjoy our meal, please. Answer me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And five minutes later, we're just back to it as kids do. But as much as I enjoyed being at the kids' table, there was always this sense that one day I would graduate up, you know what I'm saying? Matriculate to the dining room where food ran aplenty and there seemed no end of laughter that I could not explain and grown-up conversations that I didn't understand. It's a rite of passage, that, that time when every kid is allowed or perhaps even invited to sit at the grown-up's table and to hear the grown-up conversations about work or news or neighbors or memories from before I was born. Those grown-up conversations were often a mystery. Sometimes they resulted in the usual questions like, Dad, who are they talking about? Follow quickly by, don't interrupt, son. Until suddenly one day something gets said in a grown-up conversation at the grown-up table and you actually understand it, maybe even relate to it. And on that day of days, you chime in and your comments are actually well-received. At that point, you feel like adulthood has arrived because you were in the grown-up conversation and they treated you like, well, a grown-up. Having said all of that, can we just have a grown-up conversation right now? All of us here in Right Side Land, can we, just, can we talk a minute? Because sometimes I look around the world and I feel like I'm sitting at the adult table, but somehow or another the kids' table is the one dominating all the discourse. I mean, look at society right now. When did it become right for wrong to be considered right? I, I know traditions and mores and cultures, they can, they can shift over time. But even when they do, even when society picks up a new fashion or does less of one thing, more of another, even when those cultural shifts take place, they are usually still guided by right being right and wrong being wrong. Principles, if you will, because principles, by their very nature, don't change. Principles are meant to withstand the fickle winds of culture. And so I'm just saying that all of us that are in the know, we need to have a grown-up conversation and deal with the kids' table. So last night I watched the Biden State of the Union address, and, and it was hard. You know where I stand on the issues, but I've also just gotten to where his mannerisms, they chafe me as much as his words, but I watched it. I took notes. And when he had finished talking like the kid who desperately wants to sit at the grown-up table before his time, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the daughter of Governor Mike Huckabee, former White House press secretary, now the youngest governor in America, she came on and she had an adult conversation. And it was refreshing to me, to say the least. She opened up by saying, forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden, because Biden and the Democrats have failed you. There is an opening. 
In contrast to the hour and 12 minutes of rambling through odd shouts and insults to the right side of the aisle and an unmitigated spending wish list, Governor Sanders made it clear that those of us on the right are not out of our minds for thinking that the left are out of their minds. She went on, reiterating that America is, quote, the greatest country the world has known because it's the freest ever known. Sanders also affirmed the belief that, quote, government exists not to rule the people but to serve the people. Contrasting herself with Biden, Sanders said, At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. At 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to leave my state. He's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. (laughs) That Biden and the radical left wanted America that, quote, taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. And while you, quote, get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. And then, y'all... I kid you not, she dropped the bomb, no fooling. In the political equivalent of the adults shouting to the kids' table to keep it down and eat their veggies, Governor Sanders went on to say this. She said, quote, Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. Sanders said, The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It was refreshing. It was, it was affirming. It was a grown-up conversation. So, yes, I'm glad that I stayed up a little bit longer to hear it being said because sometimes I do what I do and I say what I say, but it does me good, like I'm sure all of you does, to hear someone else speak out and clearly and unequivocally speak words of truth to power that remind me that we are at the grown-up table. We have the knowledge and the experience and the care and the concern to clearly and articulately tell the unruly kids over there at the other table to keep it down and eat their vegetables. Or in this conversation, to quit trying to pretend that there's more than two genders or that tax dollars grow on trees or that children really want to have their bodies altered for life because that's just so cool that failing schools should be allowed to continue failing. Well, I tell you what, all those things and more, how about about no? I'm done with that. All y'all in right side land, let's enjoy the fact that we are the ones at the grown-up table. Y'all keep it down in there. The grown-ups are talking. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. And I, I, did, I did feel like as she came on and began to present common sense and just say it. I mean, she just flat out said it's about normal versus crazy. I mean, she wasn't playing. And I thought, so refreshing to have the grown-up conversation. And last night, that's where the genesis for today's monologue came. All right, you guys, we got a whole lot more. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. So, Boomer, I got to ask you, 
Did, did you did you have a kids table growing up? Was there like a Thanksgiving time oh, frame? Was it there was a kids of table? Of course we did. <laughs> uh, Is yeah. that a southern thing? Yeah, it may be. I but I was in that kids table for a very long time. <laughs> very long time. I think was, I I didn't even get out out of the kid table till. I was maybe a couple years into my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you're married, paying your own bills, yeah. and sitting at the kids' table, wondering why you're still over there. Yeah. Oh. But it, yes, I, there was definitely kids' tables. Oh my, yeah. I mean, so I mean, we we had them, and it was usually only when the cousins were around because you know, at my my mom's side of the family, it was it was a smaller family, so mm-hmm. you know we. We sat there and just had to mind our P's and Q's and use our manners. Got to use the good manners because you're at the good, good table. That's right, the yeah. good manners, not the bad manners. Use your good manners. And um, well, that just came out of nowhere. That's like that was a flash from my past. I'm having I'm sitting over having flashbacks right now. Use your good manners. And oh, you can my good see manners. exactly where you're sitting too. I'm yes, sure. uh-huh. I can. And um, and you know, and then we're we're eating on the fine china now at at my granny's house when all the cousins were sitting at the kids' table. It was paper plates, you know. Paper plate, of course. Of course. And then we go to my grandparents' house on my mom's side, and it was the china that came out once a year. Oh. You know, so you almost felt like you were not sure if you could scrape your plate because it might hurt something. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so you, so you, so you had to sit the kids' table till you were married. Yeah, till I was married. Is that a is that a reflection on your you know, how many seats were available at the table, or how I'm many guessing or, that or your was. maturity levels? We, I mean, we did have a lot of people at our Thanksgiving, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I enjoy telling people. Yeah, I had to sit at the kids' table. You know, the kids' table at this Thanksgiving. So you're like 23, <laughs> <laughs> 23, and then I mean, no, I did, I got married at 29. That's right, you did. I did. I went to the wedding. I should yeah. remember this. And then so yes, I was at the kid table till I was at least 30. <laughs> that is hilarious oh i gotta get my i gotta get on the, the text line here real quick because i see some folks texting in a lot of folks have already been texting in you want to text in you are welcome to it the number is 833-687-4448 that's 833-68-RIGHT um what it uh Doman from harvest says uh we had kid tables up north too. Okay, all right. So it's not a southern thing. There you go. They get them up yonder above the Mason Dixon line. They still have kid <laughs> tables. But did you have sweet tea? That's what I want to oh, know. Uh, what else we got? Brian from Huntsville has texted in and said, "Kids table, fifty-eight years old is still there." <laughs> uh, Jeff from Indiana says, "Sadly enough, Phil, you usually get to go sit at the adult table when you start losing the adults, and that's a true. Dang, way to be a buzzkill there, Jeff." But yeah, um, I, I like to think of it as though they added a seat. They added a seat. That's what it was. My table it was. Um, Andrew Mathis detected it and said, kids' tables in East Central Indiana in the 70s and 80s. See, okay, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. They all that, had kids' that's tables. That's good. Yeah. And then, and then you always had to, Mom, Dad, <laughs> so-and-so did this. Eat your, eat your vegetables and stop it. I mean, I can just, I'm having these so many flashbacks right now. I did this whole monologue today. I was typing it and I was like, I kept pausing and laughing about memories. Uh, All right, listen, we got plenty on tap today. We're going to talk today about, we're going to start off with State of the Disunion. Uh, We're going to talk about Biden's address last night. I'm curious how many people actually watched it. Um, And so, Boomer, I'm asking. Did you? Did you not? Did you? Did you not? Did you? Did I you? did not. Oh, I know. Boom shakalaka. I know. I, I did not, but I have heard a lot about it all day. <laughs> I did a, uh, I did a, uh, a, a blow by blow tweet. Like, like I had, I had a Twitter string going as things happened during the State of the Union. I was tweeting things out. 
And every once in a while, every once in a while, there would be something I'd go, okay, he said this, and I agree with that. And then there'd be something the next minute where I just have to go, don't do it, don't say don't it, say and it. he did. Oh. Um, but, yeah. Bob from Decatur just texted in and says, good thing they didn't fly that balloon over Alabama. We got some good old boys down here that would ride up there and roll down the window on their Cessna and throw a hammer at it to bring it down. <laughs> throw a hammer at it. <laughs> got some strongins down here. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there would have been, been a hunting rifle or, you know, something with 30 op buck loaded in it and um, uh, a double-op buck, I mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, Alice from Huntsville, for your benefit, Boomer, Alice just said, Boomer, smart man. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Alice. Um, oh, actually, I'm not sure what she's saying. She says, "Boomer, smart man to wait till you're 29." <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's talking about the smart, kids' table. Yeah, yeah, it was smart to wait. Right I thought now. she was saying "smart man" for not watching the State of the Union. Well, thank you for both. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I watched it, and uh, and I'm gonna give you plenty of um, my thoughts on it. Daniel from Tullahoma has already given me his thoughts. Says Biden's hate of the union was nothing more than a lecture to the American people. There were times when it was. I mean. It's funny, I've gotten to where I watch him give speeches and I find myself going, okay, here comes Whisper Biden. Okay, here comes Angry Joe. Okay, here you can, you can see the different caricatures of himself that he, okay, here comes, I don't know what I'm about to say now, Joe. And, um, and there were a couple of moments where he went off script and you could tell, which, you know, uh, by the way, I think sometimes the best speeches are the ones where the speaker can go off script and then come back. Um, although I don't know that's his gift. I don't, I don't know that's his gift. Um, going, off, going off is basically, I think, where his, his, his staff is off in the wings beginning to panic. He's, he's off again. He's off the teleprompter. Oh, God, what's he going to say? Corrine Jean-Pierre is having a panic attack in the back room. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, there were times when he went off script, one of which was related to oil and gas. And it was, it was just funny, and it drew reaction. Like, for a minute there— Remember a few years back, we had um, one member of Congress who yelled out the word liar, and I think it was to Obama, and he yelled liar, and he was censored for it, and you don't do that. That's a breach of decorum. Well, last night, you had to censor, you know, half of Congress. It sounded more like the, the you know, House of Parliament, and uh, you know, there we are in the House of Commons, and everybody, I mean, there was a lot, and so at one point, President Biden went off script. And he delved into a conversation that he says he had with a leader in the oil and gas industry. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about that when we get back. Because it was one of those moments where I thought, did he just say that? And the room broke out. All right. Coming right back. Number one of the Triple Dipper, State of Disunion. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.